Welcome to the Goal Coach Podcast. If you're looking for coaching and content proven to set the stage for achieving what matters most at work and in life, you've come to the right place. Grab your favorite beverage, sit in a relaxing chair, and get ready for your host and his invited guests to get you out of your comfort zone and into the growth zone as they set the stage to help you achieve what matters most. And now, here is your host, Cesar Cavadoy, CEO of Playbook for Results and your goal coach. All right, let's get into the growth zone. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's Achieving What Matters Most podcast, episode one. Attitude determines altitude. It's the got to versus get to attitude. Hey, my name is Cesar Cavadoy and I am the goal coach. Today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about this attitude that I learned while I was growing up. You know, a few years ago, my sisters and I threw a surprise wedding anniversary for my parents. They had just celebrated 50 years of marriage. After almost a year of planning and getting close to 100 people to show up for this special event, my parents were not only surprised, but I felt that they really, truly honored them in a manner that two people who are as generous as they are should be. Now, the event, while it went off without a hitch, wasn't without its challenges, especially in the planning stages. You know, it's tough enough when you have people sitting around a table planning things. It's a lot tougher, as was the case with me and my three sisters, when you're scattered across the country. You sprinkle in a few strong personalities and a varying array of preferences, likes and dislikes, and trust me, it could have gone horribly wrong. But you know what? It didn't. Because there was this belief that guided the whole process that I spoke about during the speech I gave at the event. When I decided to start a podcast focused on helping people to achieve what matters most, I thought, gee, wouldn't it be great if I had an actual recording from the day? And even though there were some copies made, they weren't of great quality. So quite frankly, I don't. But I do have the transcript. It was still embedded in the teleprompter app that I downloaded to help me deliver the words that to me clearly describe how much my parents mean to me and to others. So I wanted to share this with you because I believe it perfectly illustrates why I personally love helping others. And as the saying goes, the apple does not fall far from the tree. So without any further delay, here's my parents' 50th wedding anniversary speech, which I entitled Got To Versus Get To. I hope you enjoy it. Hey, I want to thank everyone for coming to celebrate my parents' 50th wedding anniversary. I'm not 100% certain if my sisters and I were able to keep it a surprise, especially as we've had to navigate the hectic and always changing travel schedule that my parents keep. You know, a couple of months ago, Linda and I were sitting in a restaurant with my parents in Rome, and we were listening to my mom go through her travel itinerary for the rest of the summer. Our hearts skipped a beat when she said she was going to be coming home from Peru and then immediately getting on a flight to Canada. Well, we casually asked, as if we didn't already know, hey, isn't Cece coming down to visit colleges with Izzy that weekend? Now, I don't remember her response. But we both walked away thinking, wow, 12 months of planning is about to go down the drain. Thankfully, surprise or no surprise, it all came together. And me and my sisters are so glad you guys are all here. I also hope that my parents weren't too hard on us kids as the actual day of their anniversary approached, which was just a few months ago, and left. Hopefully they weren't thinking, how could these ungrateful kids let such a momentous milestone pass with nothing more than a social media call out? Because here's the thing, Cece, Josie, Grace, and I have nothing but gratitude for our parents and for this very important milestone. Our whole life, we have watched our parents work tirelessly to provide a good life for us, provide shelter to family and friends, to stand side by side with loved ones during times of trouble, to be ready and available to help in whatever way possible, and to go from employees to job creators. So friends and family, 
please join me in giving it up for my parents. You know, around this room is but a sliver of the people who have been impacted by the two people whose 50 years of marriage we're celebrating today. Children, as it's often been said, don't really appreciate their parents until they become parents themselves. And while there might be some truth to that, I can say without hesitation that every day that has passed since leaving the nest 28 years ago has brought a deeper sense of appreciation for the two people we are celebrating today. Because if you spend a minute with my parents, you'll immediately notice the delicate tension that exists between their two personalities. <laughs> they are clear examples of opposites attracting. It's that gap, however, and the strength that comes from their differences that has been a good example in helping me and my sisters find enjoyable balances in our own lives. In addition to their unique and complementary personalities, they also have things in common that have made it easy for me and my sisters to love and adore our parents. A strong work ethic, a love for travel and adventure, their commitment to family, hearts that love to serve friends, family, and their community, and a strong sense of purpose. Look, from a young age, they instilled in all of us a sense of urgency around finding a purpose. I still remember the talk I had with my dad at the ripe old age of eight. Don't waste your life, he would tell me. Caesar, you need to get serious about life. Dad, I'm only eight. That's not an excuse, he would reply. Well, the apple didn't fall far from the tree, as I found myself having that same talk with my own daughters. I, however, didn't wait until they were eight. You know, I remember the summer between elementary school and middle school. My dad asked me, Caesar, what are your plans for the summer? I told him I didn't have any. Wrong answer. My parents, as most of you know, are extremely hardworking people. And my dad in particular, who has a love for most things, hates laziness. Growing up under his roof exposed me and my sisters to great sources of wisdom and to some interesting rules. Life in the Cavadoy house applied some great anecdotes that I personally love sharing when I'm in front of audiences as a public speaker. One such rule was his unspoken no loitering policy, which, according to Webster's Dictionary, the act of remaining in a particular public place for a protracted time without any apparent lawful purpose. Not having a plan that summer meant that there would be a high chance of me wandering around the house without any particular purpose. So to make sure that I wouldn't loiter, my dad hauled me off to his work where I spent nearly every day that summer counting books, packing books, unpacking books, stacking books, inventorying books, and reading all about communicable diseases in man, the contamination of water and wastewater, St. Louis encephalitis, and every other global pandemic public health issue worthy of print. It was enough to make a person a germaphobe, which I am. Oh yeah, I also got hooked on coffee since it was the only time my pop would let me take a break. Two things happened. First, that next summer, I made sure I got a job, one that actually paid. So thank you to my Uncle George for hiring me, firing me, hiring me again, and firing me. Clearly, as I've just testified, and as you're hearing today, I was a troubled kid. And the second thing that happened, I began my love affair with caffeine. For those that don't know what I do for a living, aside from consulting and public speaking on all things business, I deal caffeine on the side. The first cup, or the first bag that we placed in front of you, is on us. Please enjoy it, get hooked on it, and then order some more online. All right, so now, even though I had this part-time work to keep me busy the next summer, I still wasn't excused from going to work with my dad. While all of my friends were playing video games or learning how to throw a fastball, I was at my dad's warehouse or seated next to him in his car as he made the rounds for a second full-time job. You know, at the time, I didn't appreciate it. But today, 
I'm grateful for the lessons I learned and the time I was able to spend with him. Watching my dad perform two jobs and still have time for family taught me a few things. Chief among those lessons was that you do whatever it takes to provide for your family. I also learned that you always follow through on your commitments. No matter how tired, how drained, or how exhausted you might be, you never make a promise or commitment you're not willing to or able to follow through on. We learned a few tough lessons along the way. It shouldn't come as any surprise that neither my mom or dad were fond of kids being glued to the TV, unless we were watching 60 Minutes or All in the Family or my mom's favorite, The Soul Train. I think she hoped that I forgot she used to watch that show and how fond she was of Leo Sayer. Anyhow, despite the strict TV rules, they both recognize that kids sometimes need to be kids. So this one Christmas, Dad got Cece and I an Intellivision. It was a video game console that I believe was the envy of every kid who had the Atari. Both Cece and I were excited to be just like the other kids. So once it was set up, and Dad explained in exacting detail all the bells and whistles and intricacies of this console, the controllers, how to gently insert the game cartridges, and the issues inherent with pressing the power button too forcefully. We were given two rules. Finish your homework first, and limit the time you spend in front of the TV. He let us know that not following through would have consequences. Now, I don't remember who broke the rules. In my head, and in my ability to recall history perfectly, my memory says it was my sister Cece. But who knows? That's in the past. All I remember is that Dad packed up that console and returned it within the first week that we had it. That Christmas, I learned about integrity and how tough it sometimes is to follow through on your word, even when the consequences seem harsh. My dad taught me that men who lead their households well have to make tough decisions. I learned that the act of not following through would have had a harsher consequence in the long run. And I learned that being just like the other kids wasn't always a good thing. And even though I snuck some games at my friend's Colin's house from time to time, thank you Colin, it was for a season or two at best. More importantly, the example that my dad displayed made it clear to me, even to this day, that responsible, grown men aren't captivated or addicted to video games. I believe I speak for myself and my sisters when I say that the thing we value the most is that while my parents expected us to pursue a purpose that impacted the lives of others, they never pressured us to show any interest in any particular direction or to pursue anything just to please them. My favorite quote from my mom growing up was, Caesar, you can be anything you want so long as you're happy. But if you end up a garbage man, I won't be happy. Look, not that my mom had any issues, at least that I know of, with garbage men. It's just that they both sacrificed so much to come to this country to provide us a better life and to give us kids advantages very few children in this world get to experience. A little bit of a sidebar, about 10 years ago, I gave my life to Christ, which simply means that I recognize that to have eternal communion with a holy, perfect, and just God, that I would need to be perfect myself. And since we all know, even based on this testimony right here that I've given in this speech, I'm not. And that meant that heaven was off limits for someone like me. I mean, how can imperfect be with perfect? Only by trusting in the work of Christ, his ministry, his resurrection, could I answer that age-old question, how do you get into heaven? I share that with you because first, I'm not ashamed to share my faith, and I also want to share how my dad as a young boy set the stage for my heart to be open to the message of reconciliation, to the message of the cross. For those that don't know, my dad used to study the scriptures daily. He even went as far as entering seminary. Now, my sisters and I are glad he left his pursuit of a degree in divinity in order to pursue my mom. And if anyone 
anyone, if you've ever seen pictures of my mom when she was younger, you'll see why the choice was an easy one for my dad. Looking at her today, it's still an easy choice. And of course, where my sisters get their good looks. But I bring this up to impress upon everyone. Now, my parents weren't born with wisdom. My dad learned from the Word of God and then had it written on his heart when he was young. Unfortunately, for all who know my dad, it has guided his footsteps, allowed him to give wise counsel to us and others, and it has kept him as the most honest man that I know and formed the backbone of his approach to leading and serving his family. Being a garbage man or any other blue-collar back-breaking profession is honorable, especially when done to the best of your ability. But my mom and dad both understood, in big part to the words my, my dad memorized as a young child, that everyone to whom much was given, of him much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. My parents demanded and expected a lot from us kids, not because they felt entitled to our respect, love, or admiration, but because they gave and sacrificed a lot to give us the opportunities we all got. And and even though Cece and I grew up under different conditions and financial circumstances than Grace and Josie, there was never a lack for anything. We learned that abundance has less to do with material and more to do with your mindset. We always knew that in this life, you weren't entitled to anything. Cece and I may have not traversed the globe with my parents like Grace and Josie, but dad and mom always made sure we knew the importance of rest. Our trips to the beach or to New York City to watch a movie about a dragon or short hop to an amusement park to hear my dad scream like a little girl on a roller coaster wasn't a better or worse vacation than some of the global travel that my sisters, my younger sisters got to do. It was for all of us an opportunity to celebrate as a family. The fact that in this country, when you work hard, you get to relax. And that relaxing isn't a permanent thing, nor should it be done above your means. My parents instilled that we don't work to rest, we rest to work. We rest so we can do better work. Mom especially had a way of keeping us grounded and focused on doing our best while also being realistic. I know as I believe some in this room know that all of us kids, at one point or another had some crazy thing we wanted to pursue or become. I'm pretty sure she's the one that told me I should give up my dream of becoming a trombonist for Earth, Wind & Fire or Cool in the Gang. But despite giving up on that dream, for me personally, the thing I aspire to more than anything is a testimony like theirs. I could see no greater accomplishment in life than to add to my 20 years with the love of my life another 30 plus years centered and focused around raising kids who want to give more than they have received, to building a business that provides for the livelihood and dreams of countless families to enable, regardless of the risk and cost to me personally, the dreams of those who I get to do life with. You see, this is the most important thing that my parents have taught me, the difference between got to versus get to. Growing up, the lesson was never you got to go to school. The lesson was, you get to go to the best schools in the country. You get to go because of the hard work your dad does. That's what allows us to live in those types of school districts. We were taught that nothing in life comes easy, that there are no get-rich-quick schemes, and that you don't got to make a lot of money to earn respect, but you get to earn respect by the way in which you make your money. When it came to helping around the house, it wasn't, hey, you gotta go do your chores. My mom instilled this idea that we get to prepare a home that honors your father's hard work. It serves many meals and hosts many people who need a place to stay. Their life hasn't always been easy and it wasn't picture perfect by any stretch, but I never felt as if they approached marriage as a thing they had to do. Marriage as portrayed by my parents was something you get to do and you get to do it with a person worth sacrificing for. Anytime you get to the point of thinking, I gotta go to work, or I gotta go do some project around my home, or I gotta go to some meeting at the kid's school, or I gotta go grocery shopping, or I gotta go take the car in for an oil change, or I gotta go call my parents, or I gotta go call my own kids, or I gotta have a tough conversation with someone I love, I'd like you to think about two people who rarely looked at their day or their life as a series of things they had to do, 
but as blessings of things they get to do together. I could speak for hours, but you guys look hungry on the many blessings and lessons that me and my sisters were given as children, but everyone present today already knows and have too, in a big way or small, been blessed by their generous hearts. So please raise your glasses and join me in thanking my mom and dad. Mom and dad, thank you for purposing your own lives to ensure that your children in their own time and in their own unique way would live lives that made a difference in the lives of those who we are fortunate enough to call close friends. That we get to do life with you is truly a gift from God. Thank you, everyone. Please welcome my bride of 20 years as she gives thanks for the provisions and blesses our time and meal together. Thanks for listening to the Goal Coach Podcast. For more information, please be sure to go to www.thegoalcoach.com. You can follow The Goal Coach on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash thegoalcoach1. For information on leadership coaching and development, please visit the Playbook for Results website at www.pb4r.com. We look forward to you joining us next week for another episode of Achieving What Matters Most with your host, Cesar Cavadoy, your goal coach.